0: I appreciate you uh, coming to join us to do this.
1: I look forward to to your questions probably more than some of the other people I've been interviewed by because they're they're real you know real life questions.
0: So I heard you on the Mind Escape podcast and yeah, I, I love that podcast. It kind of covers just about uh, everything that I'd want to hear about. like it's very, heavy in psychedelics but it also covers like aliens and all sorts of shit so it just like encompasses all the nerdy things that i want to learn about and kind of and i I think that you were like the the typical case for like why we are doing this in general uh just because like you have uh, lots of stories and you had a lot of good background that's the stuff i didn't hear like is when you were talking about um how you went from uh you in your depression and like how uh, psychedelics kind of saved you and and changed who you were and, and how you thought and like that was an, a key example of like where I wanted to hear more about your story and like and what you saw and how that <laughs> changed you and that's kind of like the the joke about like lowbrow is that like I have not experienced a lot like I mean Joel's not like like going tripping balls every day but he he died yeah. once. And saw some shit, and so like that's a thing. I haven't, done, you know, I just I'm a little bit further away from it. So I think like the audience being people that have not have not experienced those things and get to hear them and, and live vicariously through people that have, and then maybe that's encouragement to, uh, like, like kind of your path, which is to like try and see if 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 people can learn from it and maybe uh, make their lives better from maybe doing the same things as you or or something similar to it. Because I feel like the the book is um, very. I know it's got a very uh, self-help vibe to it as well. I mean, it's it's educational as far as like you know, it's got the what the the history. It's got a little bit of the recipes that tell you like how you can make DMT safely. Uh, it's got a lot of your experiences, but you know, it's a it's kind of like the true story of depression. It's psychedelics as medicine. I enjoyed so what the do you tips.
2: Want? The tips at the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was kind of one of those things where you just sitting there at the end, being like, you know what, Th- these things keep coming up. So let me let me add the uh, that little chapter at the end. What you're saying is, you know, can I kind of fill in some of the dots from, from the, the show that you saw me on, which is maybe more my, my background and what led me here. It's this combination of an absolutely beautiful, blessed life with every advantage in the world and then absolute destruction where shit just hit the fan and there was absolute chaos. You know, without getting into to every detail, basically I, I had every privilege growing up. So I had great parents, steady household, uh, great education, great upbringing. Uh, Awesome grandparents, awesome teachers, mentors. I I had made money at an early age. Um, I'd done pretty much everything. And then at the age of like 40, everything hit the fan. And and it really was of my own self-destruction. It was because of me being a selfish, narcissistic, uh, alcoholic asshole. You know, and and it's hard to kind of say all those words in a row when you're talking about yourself. But one of the things psychedelic certainly does is it it holds a mirror up to your psyche and, and it shows you your true self. So... You know you can lie to your partner you can lie to a therapist but it's really tough to lie to yourself when you're you're laying in a a pile of your own self shit (laughs) um you know ultimately i had the the great career the beautiful woman the the multiple houses uh and then ultimately what happened to me and and you know the the true story so this is some of the the nitty-gritty details but I'm, i'm happy recalling it because it's real life stuff um I, I was sitting at my house and I got a knock on the door from the constable and it was a guy serving me a uh, restraining order. So up until that, I had been in a seven, eight year relationship. Uh, you know, we had some issues, but I didn't I didn't think it was, was that bad at all. And, you know, so I asked the guy, I'm like, have have you read this? Uh, and he goes, no, you know, I, I'm just serving it. So I'm reading it and I get accused of some, some horrible stuff. And, and, and ultimately, in retrospect, looking at it, I was belligerent, I was verbally abusive, you know, I've never put my hands on anybody, but I, I could see where this this woman had, had her ammo, and rightly so, and needed needed to get out of the toxic relationship. But he basically said, you need to leave and you lead to lead, need to leave now for a 21-day period in, until we go to court. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? I said, this is my house, this is my, my office, everything's here, he's like, you need to leave now. So I asked him if he could do me a solid and give me five minutes to grab all my shit. So I grabbed everything I could, put it in a 55-gallon trash bag, left, um, thinking this would get resolved as soon as possible. I went to my parents' house kind of in shock, but being like, holy shit, what, what just happened? Well, then COVID happened. So that whole court process got shut down for non-essential court meetings, and, and mine was considered non-essential. So my whole case got held in limbo for like a year, year and a half, where I was now paying rent. I was paying an attorney. Uh, all my shit had gotten sold out. Like it was just this, this horrible thing of like not only is my life completely changed and altered, my relationship's gone, my house is gone, uh, but but then I had to sit in this stagnant like COVID holding pattern.
0: How, how did everything go south for you? Was it because of alcohol or like something that was consuming you? Like what was there something that like triggered that depression that got you into that state?
1: Yeah. I, I So alcohol was, was 100% that the major cause of it. So I'm now coming on three years sober. That clarity and that lucidity has, has thank you um, is huge. And ultimately, I was just angry with myself. Uh, I didn't love myself. I didn't have a sense of self-worth. Um, I, I had everything on paper but but I was just angry with with my my situation and I had been given several opportunities to kind of correct my my bad ways and, and ultimately I I didn't and and for what it's worth and, and I haven't talked to this woman since that that happened but I have zero animosity I I understand 100 percent why she did it and and what she needed to do and and you know I've kind of put that in my my history of, wow, th- this was exactly what I needed to happen because I, I don't know how I would have had th- the shock to my system th- if that didn't happen, mm-hmm. if I didn't literally get that knock on my door saying, you need to leave now. But but that was really only the initial, like, okay, this this is now trying to, try to get reset. So I actually kind of got on my feet pretty quickly. Um, I, I found a, well, found. I I got into a relationship with another beautiful woman. Everything was kind of going good. I got another job, which was even better. I I was so in that too, I, I I quit my high paying job because I was just stressed out. And I got another job selling, um, and granite to, you know, a bunch of millionaires on Martha's vineyard and out on the Cape. It was this, this sweet job. And a, a guy that, that was part owner basically screwed me over 900 bucks. And, brought it up and I didn't like how it was resolved. And basically I told this guy that I was going to kill him. So that was another, like I I was already tweaked out and and kind of pushed to my limits. And and I threatened this guy and and I meant it. And, And as a grown man, he looked back at me and was like, all right, come at me and I'll kill you. And it got really serious really quickly that's when, so that happened on a Sunday. So now this, and and I'm kind of compacting a a year of all this kind of trauma, but it was at, at, you know, I had this 40 year midlife crisis, but it was a bunch of these, these things that happened. where uh, I had women issues, relationship issues. I had self esteem issues. I had alcohol issues. Then I had this trust issue with this guy. And then I had this, Oh fuck, I threatened to kill somebody. Um, and he lived like three houses down from me. And and it was, Hmm. so that happened on a Sunday. Um, Monday morning, I woke up and I said, I'm driving to California to hug a redwood tree. And I packed my two-door coupe. And at that point, I still had a shit ton of money in the bank. And I just said, fuck it. I'm going out on the road and, and I'm driving to California. So I drove for 26 hours straight. Uh, I drove the Mississippi across the Mississippi River and stopped in Kansas City after like a 26-hour drive. And from there, uh, I spent over a year just traveling all across the country, literally kind of just getting my, my head straight. Uh, all along the way doing kind of psychedelics so this three year period went through multiple trauma multiple bullshit and then this healing process when i was out on the road and uh, you know ultimately i went on the road to to kill myself and i mentioned that to you when we had our personal conversation yeah and it wasn't it wasn't some rash decision like you know i had a bad day or something it was really I have the the right to take my own life. Um, no one can take that right away from me. I, I have the ability to make that decision. I was an educated person. I felt as though I, I could weigh everything out on the scale. And I had decided that I was just done with society. I was so disgusted with humanity, and I was so disgusted with, with not only other people, but then myself. when I looked at myself in the mirror, and I was just like, fuck it, I'm done. And I asked God God for help, and I'm not a religious person. I'm not necessarily any one, you know, denomination or anything like that but i asked for help from whatever universal energy is out there and uh i received it that instant i realized that i that i wanted to live uh i drove back home after being that long out on the road kind of and now this is my new life <laughs> <laughs> and and it's it's been blissfully happy ever since
0: Oh, <clears throat> before that incident like do you feel like you you had everything going for you is it, you feel like there's any reason why you you couldn't appreciate those things and like why things took a dark turn or is it
1: oh god no i i can't blame anything other than than my own hands doing my own destruction. You know, I, I was I was given a huge chunk of money by my grandfather going up, uh, so I never had any financial stress. I had, every, like you said, every every possible advantage. I think how most people can kind of relate, and, and it, it's not even so much the details because I think each person at my age has gone through their own set of issues. It, it's more... The issues are internal and they're internally caused and it's because of your own the lack of of being able to reconcile your own emotions and looking for outside issues to solve your inside problems. And as soon as I realized that what was that that turning point point, how did Second help, ultimately it was just stop banging your head against the wall, looking for this, the same answers to your issues and and those being outside solutions to your internal problems. And, and as soon as I realized that I was the cause of my all of my problems, but then beautifully, I was the, the, the um, solution to all my problems as well. And, and I had the ability to change them and, and how fortunate am I that I, that I was born, born with this mind and body that I, you know, not only could I self-destruct, but then I could rebuild and I decided to start rebuilding. And, and I stopped ultimately wasting all of my mental and physical energy on self-destructive things, including drinking and including just horrible self-talk um, and, it, and it just completely turned around.
2: Well, that's, that's amazing. That's quite a story, man. And, uh, I can, I can, I can relate to part of it with that. Uh, I did quit drinking. And so, I mean, like, congratulations, that's a huge, huge thing to, to quit and really stay off
0: before you went out and, and into the desert. And, decided to uh expand your mind with psychedelics and try to heal yourself like how did you even get into that did you have history with psychedelics before or uh how did you learn that that was something that could help you was there somebody that guided you like how did that all happen
1: so i probably had a a typical experience growing up where you know late high school early college years i had done shrooms probably a dozen times maybe lsd a dozen times um but then I had a 20-year hiatus. I, I'm not on any prescription drugs. I I, I don't like taking anything to, to put in my body. And so really psychedelics was, was kind of off the, the map. Um, I, I knew that I had no... I don't want to say I didn't have any other option. But I had done a, a lot of spiritual work. I had studied all the world's religions. I was deep into meditation. I, I had you know after mm-hmm. after quitting alcohol i lost almost 40 pounds so i went from being just this this nasty overweight person to, to being you know active in the gym and feeling good about myself i i had i was basically ready for the next for the next stage of my life um and it actually started with with doing shrooms so <clears throat> i had access to to shrooms and i did it you know three or four times the normal dose. So typically an eighth. And, and then I started pushing it to three, four, five, six, seven, eight gram sessions, or, you know, I, I'd be deep three or four hours into it. And then I'd do another full dose. And and I started doing a, a lot of shadow work and a lot of stuff started coming up and a lot of stuff where, like I said, you hold that reflective mirror to yourself and, and it's like you're on truth serum and, and you've got God there as your witness kind of deal. And, and, and you really hash it out. And I felt comfortable that one, I could navigate that psychedelic space, and then two, that I was getting significant therapeutic benefit from it. And and I had tried the the two hundred forty dollar an hour, brown educated therapist. I had tried all all of that other shit, and and it really just didn't work because I was, I felt as though I was mentally manipulating those people. Like I, I could fool everybody. I, I could show them how smart I was and, and put together the right you know group of sentences and, and, and manipulate them how I wanted. And there was no way that I could do that when I was, you know, in my own room and, and sitting in darkness. But, you know, you, you heard that the typical Joe Rogan podcast um, that, that got you kind of, well, got me anyway, introduced to DMT. And and then I went on and, and I knew I had access to it. So this, the same friend that that had access to the to the mushrooms was like, you know, I, I do have DMT and I, I really think it would help you. But I figured as though if I jumped off that ledge or over that ledge that there'd, there'd probably be no no going back. I mean, I understood the power and reverence that these other people have given it. So I just did all the studying that I could um, for, for several months. And then I realized that I, I think this is it. And I think this is time. And, and then I decided on that day and, and kind of asked my buddy, hey, can we set it up? Can we do it? And and really prepared for that. This is it. Either this is going to do it or I, I don't know. I don't know what other alternative I can use to, to keep living. And I, I went in it with a very serious set and setting and um, in, in intention, really. And. That's when I write in my book how I did that that first day was kind of like a, a mind blowing mind fuck, like holy shit. And and that really was the day that that set off that journey. Like this this can really change my perspective.
0: I mean you talked about it like I think you said you did it a hundred times or something in a day. Is that is that an accurate number? I can't I've done it
1: hundreds of times since that first day it was about fifty fifty, 50 hits. Damn. So it was <laughs> seven it was, yeah, because it was <clears throat> you know, so you hear the normal like Terrence McKenna line about you know, after after one hit, your your mind's going. After two hits, you're, you're like, holy shit! But you really got to take that third hit, and if you can take the fourth, even better. So, it, it basically I did like seven eight sessions, and each session was seven or eight hits. You know, the, the first one was like two or three hits, and then the, the subsequent subsequent ones were all seven eight hits. And 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 that's kind of the beauty about DMT is they only last seven eight ten minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, so the. And I, I kept pushing it because ultimately I didn't get the answer that I wanted until that last session. And then that last session was completely different than the other sessions. And and I knew that that I had received the answer that I wanted. So I guess to to backtrack, um, and I know this is a topic you want to talk about too is that you know the endogenous qualities of DMT, you know meaning that that it's just produced in your own body. So that was one of the things that was really attractive to me, and, w- and which is why it's garnered so much attention from you know the scientific community is that. Not only are we producing it, but it's in, you know, a bunch of plants and a bunch of mammals, and, and they're finding it throughout the body, and, and there's just so much research going on about how it's 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 natural. So, that first time that I, I took that hit, it tasted so familiar, and it smelled so familiar, and it was just this... Now, that being said, all of my sensory perceptions got completely fucked. Like, everything, you know, that one hit was enough to, to change everything. But it was like I had been there before. I'd felt those sensations. There was this weird um, sensation at the back of my nasal cavity that I felt as though that I had felt and tasted mm. and, and experienced at, at some point in my life. And and it wasn't like LSD or shrooms where you feel like you're being poisoned and and like you feel that poison coming on and you're like oh shit like th- this ride's about to start. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> pumping through my veins. Where this this is almost like the veil's been taking off. Off, excuse me. Um, your your natural innate senses now start coming through, and and it felt as unique as that was being in that that space. It felt very natural, but it mm-hmm. really was sights and sounds. And wow, this is amazing! Similar to shrooms, but nothing profound. I certainly didn't speak to any entities or have any revelations or anything like that. You know, so the second time I pushed it a little bit further, it was beautiful. It was comfortable. Sights and sounds once again, awesome geometric shapes. Everything's morphing and changing. You know, and and you could speak for for hours about all the wonderful visuals. But ultimately, it, it once again, it wasn't this profound experience. So I, I kept pushing it three, four five, six times and, and, and still just being like, what the fuck like this, this is not and, and as great as it was, it, it, it just it, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was getting this therapeutic healing. And I don't know if I was resisting, but it, or, or but whatever it was, it just it, it wasn't happening. And now maybe I can, you know, look, <laughs> I've done it so many times, there's almost like this consciousness to it, where maybe it was making me go through this, this final kind of push. But Ultimately that that last time and, and I really pleaded with the universe saying, please just just give me my my answers. And and you know, they were my own personal kind of questions. And I, I got it. So every so the, the vibration, the humming, the sights, the sounds, all this crazy shit just completely stopped. So it was like complete silence. I felt as though I was suspended in space. I was getting kind of pulled from multiple directions. And this intelligence basically just communicated with me, like, All right, you want your answers, you stupid human? Like, here it is. So and my particular issue was I just had all these proverbial dots in my life that I wanted connecting. And and the way my mind worked is it always went through down these tangential paths that tried to connect and, and it was just, it was driving me nuts. And ultimately that was part of my depression and anxiety was that I was always living in either the, the past or the future and, and mm-hmm. not being able to be mindfully present because I'm always trying to connect all the shit. So it was like, all right, you want to connect these hundred dots? Boom, here it is. You want to connect these thousand? Boom, here it is. All right, now let's collect a million. And then it was like, all right, haha, you stupid human, let's collect, you know, connect a billion and a trillion and then it kind of was laughing being like we could keep doing this forever and and the the point isn't to connect all the dots in your life the point is to appreciate the dots, dots and the spaces between them and and to experience them and and not to you know win this this game but but to really just navigate through it today like not today this second this instant and i came out of it with no desire at all to ever connect the past and the future and and it really was just instantly being able to live and appreciate where you're at because I was a blessed person. I did have every advantage in the world. I was alive and healthy and I had all of these great advantages and it was just clouded because I spent all this mental energy trying to to connect this bullshit.
0: Was that kind of your mindset in both those settings that like you had to have a positive experience or, or die trying in a way?
1: Unfortunately, it was more kind of a die trying. Uh, I, I had, I felt as though I had almost tried every other option and, and the, I hate to say, it, and and this is why one of the major reasons why why I wrote the book too was to try to help people know that there is another path. Because I, I know the path I didn't want to take was to take a shit ton of prescription pills and then combine that with alcohol and then just numb everything. And and so many people in my my inner circle and people I know have done that. And and that just wasn't an option for me. And ultimately, you know, I had a lot of people that cared about me and was just like, oh, get on this pill, get on this pill. This works for me. This works for me. You take three of these, four of these. Take a couple beers and you'll be good and that 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 never interested me. I wanted to explore what my 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 issues were. So, yeah, ultimately that day when I went into it and like I said this was after mo- multiple months of prepping and trying to get as much information as I could about the the power of that molecule. Uh like I said I went in with I thought the right respect and reverence and and I knew it had the potential to help. And ultimately that's why my friend offered it to me. Um you
0: already done that, the that homework f- and read books and like knew everything that you you a, thought you needed a, to a do. A bunch, yeah.
1: And and it was, like I said, it it was that last session. And ultimately, the, the like I said, the hundreds of times that I've done it since then, I haven't had that same experience where everything just stopped quieted and it was just a very profound one-on-one download of information. Since then, um, and this is what led me to that UFO podcast, was since then the, the interactions and my experience going into that DMT space since that day uh, has been fucking nuts (laughs) just it's it's gone from entities to aliens to future selves to to really just getting into this whole kind of near-death you know what happens at the end uh, of your life cycle and everything like that and now that's kind of when my focus is exploring the expanded consciousness aspect of it
0: well yeah that's kind of where we land as well Mm -hmm.
2: when you when you got to that that point where you did receive the information that you wanted it was very different in that last session uh, you said you haven't really been able to get back to that sort of thing again. Do you think that had anything to do with just your intention surrounding that particular session, or were you deep into meditation at, at that point in time before that one?
1: So I think the the beautiful thing about my experience is that it mirrors so many other people's experience, and and ultimately there's this common thread to to deep DMT sessions, and and I think that common thread is it finds that subjective and personal crack in your psyche that, that you personally need sealing, you know? So it, it's not like, like my experience with, with DM, uh, excuse me, with, with mushrooms is it, it's more like the, the, the app, the environment's changing and, and yes, the, the, walls will melt and move and shift. And, and there's a lot of cool shit going on, but it's, it's less subjective uh, where DMT is, is very, very personal. And, and I think ultimately once that, that crack in my, my, ego or psyche or whatever you or subconsciousness was filled uh like i said i never have to go back there anymore i never and, and ultimately maybe i haven't spoken with that particular entity or, or information because i'm not asking that same question that 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 big existential existential question excuse me of like what the fuck what what is this time space dimension we're living in how am, how am i not getting this what are all my questions why do i have all these questions where now I, I'm, I'm not i'm not looking for that that answer maybe from that specific from that, e.
0: <laughs> from that first breakthrough, though, like I guess, is there a way to describe? Like, I mean, you said it was different, but like, how was that message communicated to you? Was it something you just knew? Some with something talk to you, or like, how did? Or did it just kind of happen? How did that connect for you?
1: So, that's kind of the, the the not difficult thing to talk about, but it's how do you put words to things that that are really difficult or really indescribable? So yeah. it, it's not. Like some old professor speaking english to you being like well you know adam i'm glad you asked this question let me answer it uh it's and, and in this particular case i, I think you kind of have to have two kind of paths when you're receiving an information in this space one's kind of like this this spinning mandala shape geometric patterns that's kind of like showing you all this weird sacred geometry and, and it's like all just this moving patterns but but then there is the entity, the beings, the gods, the demons, the devils, and in my case, this particular being or entity, uh, and and it's weird. It, it's it's almost like a download. Uh, it, it's not conveying through through verbal language. It, it's really like a a software upgrade or a download or or something like that, like a, a plugin that now you're allowed to see differently. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, one of the things I'm I'm trying to figure out and trying to describe is. You know, how are you getting that that vibrational information and and why are people coming out of this space saying it's more real than real? And my explanation is that you know you you have your your five normal human senses. And in a normal walking state, you know they're they're turned up to say a volume of ten. when you when you go into this DMT space, you know those five senses are turned up to a volume of hundred. But then you also have, Three, four, five, ten, twenty other senses that you you don't even you know I don't know what to call them because they're not they're not the normal five senses, but you're you're picking up on a shitload of information and energy out there, and you're just getting it. you know, I don't is it a microwave, Is it a TV wave, is it a radio wave? I, I don't know, but it's your your mind is able to receive something at a different vibrational length or energy that you don't normally get to pick up
2: like an kind of antenna, yeah, you know, just like receiving information.
1: Absolutely, and 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 th- there's a bunch of people that have that have written on that kind of theory, that reducing valve theory. Um, Huxley wrote a book, The Doors of Perception. That's a great book about how he took masculine and, and kind of, and, th- and then he never looked at the world the same because it just removed all of this this shroud. Um, there's an, an author named um, <clears throat> Anthony Peake. He's done a bunch of work on near death experiences and things like that, and and he goes into a lot of these subjects. and It's it's uncanny that the similarities between DMT space, alien encounters, near-death experiences, people going into comas and coming out of comas, people with epileptic seizures. It's its like we're all describing the, the same experience, but we're all approaching it from a different perspective. But, but the similarities mm-hmm. are jarring. <laughs> it's almost like there's, there's – so I think there's several layers. So you have your normal – so, like, I, I have a chapter in the book about transcendental sex and and how I use DMT quite a bit in the bedroom, and and so you you certainly can can use it and still have sensations and and you know understand what what you're doing, um, but you have you know so your normal you you see sights and you hear sounds and you you feel textures. Well, then you you have this. This where you're you're tasting sights and you're hearing sounds and you're you're feeling colors, you know. So then, like you you have your normal senses that are now picking up all sorts of other weird shit, but then like I said, these these other senses kick in, and I think it's it's probably more of people are just astonished and amazed at what are they, what are they feeling. So it's not so much the other senses completely dissolve; it's more just you're surrounded by this all in, engulfing. By, and, and it truly like you do have this this weird vibrational hum sensation where you can you can feel like it's it's fucked like you you know and and I'd I'd love to get into the lab to like see this but like you can feel the synapses popping and firing you you can you can feel the, the molecules like moving around in your brain you can it, it's just it's it's amazing to get into that space um, like I said I'm I'm honored every time I go into it I feel like I'm I'm learning something new but it's you know, that That's a challenge, and, and we've talked about this too before. You know, how do you then come back into the everyday world after walking in this space with these heightened senses, and then people are talking about the freaking football game and taxes, and, and it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, do you realize what, like, what we're sitting in? Do you realize our own power mm-hmm. and, and what we have access to and, and how you know, how we can tap into it and, and ultimately how we can tap into it through breathing and meditation. You know, um, you know, you mentioned that's the path that kind of you're, you starting off with. And I think that's, that's fantastic. And ultimately probably the best way to do it is to get comfortable being in your own body, feeling elated and blissful from your own chemical structure and then kind of, you know, adding on to it.
0: Yeah. Baby step. I mean, oh,
1: you seem happy. You You weren't like me who was, you know, sitting there ready to jump off a cliff. No, and I, I don't mean, say that. And I don't say that lately.
0: I know that it's obviously it's changed your life. Cause like your, your entire path has changed, but you know, that, that one day was, you know, changed your entire world. And I think something you said in the book was like, you said, my struggle was an illusion, which I thought was kind of an awesome way to put it, that like all those things that you were worried about kind of dissolved at that moment.
1: And most people's are, and, 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 and not to, to negate real issues. Like, I mean, you, you watch the news any night and, and there are people going through major, major shit, I wasn't. I was some rich white kid living in New England who had everything. You know, multiple houses, fancy cars, beautiful women, vacations every year, a shit ton of money coming in. Yeah, there, there was no reason why why I should be be in the condition that I was in other than, than my own self-destruction.
2: Well, you've tapped into a lot of stuff uh, that I talked to my fiance about on the daily, especially like the vibrational stuff and meditation and and the senses heightening and things like that. Do you, what do you, what do you feel like DMT is? Like we, we've tapped, we've talked a little bit about how like m- most living organisms produce this uh, human beings do from our brain stems. Uh, a lot of people connect that with the pineal gland. Um, basically like what what do you think it's it's really for and do you think that these these other experiences people have had like i've had a near-death experience um how they all kind of combine worlds together the dream state uh people being able to communicate with people who are dreaming um that sort of thing like what do you think dmt actually is
1: that's a deep one so you know at base level, it, you know clearly a natural organic plant-based medicine that that's been used therapeutically for, for thousands and thousands of years. I, I think that you know and, and there's that mystery about how how the natives in the the, the jungles combined the two ingredients to initially make ayahuasca and, and and you know they're saying that the the plants and the animal spirits just told them and and you know so there's a a, a kind of cool history and, and backdrop to to just how how we started using it. So I, I think that, that long history is is, definitely separates it from LSD or MDMA or, you know, some of the, these things that a that a lab created, but then the, the, the real question. And I think that that was one of the big things where that, that big study in the the early nineties that Rick Strassman did, which was kind of like the foundational study that, that a lot of people kind of are able to, well, a lot of people do base their research off of was once again, that is produced endogenously. So, so why are we finding the, this you know so-called strongest psychedelic chemical known found to science and, and why why is it in our our own body and what can it do so you know clearly more than just a plant-based medicine um you know clearly more than just the typical neurotransmitter uh you know and 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 that's where the cool thing about the, the current science is that it's proving a lot of the old meditative theories so like joe Dispenza somebody i mentioned in my book and and, and he goes over how like when your mind and your your brain are in coherent states, that your body can produce the, these natural chemicals, and and in essence, DMT you know comes is very similar to serotonin and melatonin, and, and and it's just this this normal cascade of of chemicals that are breaking down. But then there's theories of well, you're pulsing it during near death, you're pulsing it during these experiences. Uh, I just watched this awesome webinar, um, Dr. Jenny Martin. She just put it out yesterday about producing endogenous DMT while being intimate with your sexual partner. How? You can through breathing meditation and getting into a, a heightened, you know, ecstatic state. How you can also produce DMT. So it, it's it's way more than than any one thing, and and mm-hmm. that's why I think it's getting so much attention. That that's why not only that the you know psychedelic revolution, where you know that there's so much proof now that for PTSD and, and depression, anxiety, that that shrooms, MDMA, ketamine, you know, all these things are are certainly helpful. And and in my opinion, with the right you know guidance better than the normal suite of prescription pills that are out there. But DMT is clearly different. Um, and the second you feel it and taste it and experience it, especially relative to all the psychedelics, you, you know it's completely different. Uh, so what is it? You know, it, It's the spirit molecule, like Strassman said, which literally takes you to all the dimensions. Um, I, I make reference to that in my book, but then I call it the miracle molecule because it seems like every time, well, the, the first few dozen times, it's just like, holy fuck, this is a miracle. Like This is a miracle. How, how is this how is this even possible um and and now kind of where my ad- attitude of what it is has has morphed is is it the next or, or is it being expressed more now or or the 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 consciousness of it being expressed more now be, because the human species is at this inflection point where we I think we we need to make this this major consciousness change where Somehow, some way, I think DMT is going to play a role in that because it 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 just makes you more aware of the current situation. It gives you much more empathy. It gives you more self awareness. It gives you everything that I think a lot of the society as a whole is lacking. And you know, I think DMT now has this this bigger picture of of the next truly the next step of human evolution. Like the more DMT expressed and felt, the I think the better humanity will be.
0: Do you think that, how would we lose, did we lose the ability to use this before? Like if you think about, you know, you compare it to melatonin and things like that, you know, melatonin is produced when it's dark and it makes you sleepy. It seems like if it's something we produce, like, was there ever a point in our history where that was something that was more natural? Or to your point, like when you said uh, you could, you could, uh, the taste was familiar. Like, mm-hmm. is there other points in our life that's not through like meditation or anything that this is this is being used that we don't even recognize it? I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious.
1: I mean, I, I'd I'd love to think just being quiet and reflective and sitting by a campfire when you're, you know, take away social media, take away all the distractions of modern day people. And, and you know, I mean, humans around, humans, excuse me, have been around for a while. That's not only, you know, the last few hundred years when we have all of these these distractions. So I'd certainly like to think that, Back in the day, that, that was probably something that one would do quite often. I mean, you, you walk from Rhode Island to North Carolina, you know, during the Civil War, you're going to be certainly doing a lot of meditating and, and a lot of connection with your mind and body. Um, but, but also... You know, as you start delving back into the to the world's religions and, and a lot of this like esoteric information and, and hermetic information, and, and where did the, this this ancient knowledge come from? A, a lot of the stories have to do with going into a cave for three days, or, or going into this quiet place, or you know this this initiation process where you're you're consuming some sort of liquid or, or doing some sort of of you know consuming something. So. You know, there's a lot of people that are connecting the dots with a lot of this ancient history stuff with with DMT and/or psychedelics in general. That that it it allows you connection with God, and subsequently, God is within you. And and mm-hmm. a lot of a, a lot of the religions come back to that 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 God, heaven, all of that is within you. The the, the power is within you, um, you know, your ultimate self. Whether it's Buddhism, Hindu, like it, it all. It and that that's kind of the cool thing too. The more people I, I talk to. Whether they're atheist or super religious or they're a trained scientist, it seems like we're, we're all describing or trying to describe the, the same thing, which is what the hell did we just experience like what what is this other dimensional realm and, and what do you call it and then how do you interact with it? <laughs> well I right. guess and then not come off as crazy.
0: Well who are you after that? Do you feel like I mean when you went into it, were you religious at all and then what, do you, what are you after like these experiences? what do you what do you think about that?
1: My personal history has changed over the last, say, twenty years of my adult life. Um, I so I went to college for almost eight years as an entomologist. So I was working on West Nile virus in Tripoli, and and I was, you know, the the typical bug geek. So it was very science and data driven. So most of my my adult, well, my early adult life, I was I was atheist. I, I didn't think you could be scientifically sound in. Have a religious bent. And and I was raised as a Catholic, and I'd say of all the, the religions, that was the one that probably resonated the least with me, just because the, the shit that they try to push down your throat. Um, but then when I got out of college, I started kind of studying a lot of the, the Eastern philosophies and, and Taoism and Buddhism and things like that. Um, and then started doing like getting into artwork. So I, I started training the other side of my brain and kind of got more into the spiritual side of it and really realized that. Both are right. Um, and, and I think you can make an argument, depending on what table you're sitting at, that it, it's really both people trying to describe the same thing, which is this beautiful, wonderful, indescribable world World that really can't be described. But you're using either scientific nomenclature or you're using, you know, theological bullshit. <laughs> but it, it's all or, or me saying and, and somebody could say the same thing. Well, I'm sitting there talking about my DMT space and this is just my psychedelic ramblings. That it, it's ultimately all three of the same, which is. I don't know. There's something greater and more powerful, and once you see it and have tapped into it, you know it's there. It's like seeing a ghost, or it's like seeing a UFO. Like your last guest, or a, whatever, a couple podcasts ago, those two guys that were on. It's like if you've experienced a ghost and, and you feel wholeheartedly that that you you did authentically interact with that other entity or being or ghost. You know how do you how do you just carry on? How does that not permeate every other aspect of your life, you know? And and whether you find God or find a DMT God or whatever or a ghost, you you still kind of try to describe it.
0: Yeah, I like how that how you put that, and it's just kind of sad, especially maybe in modern modern day, and maybe things you see on the news now that like what what they say religion is, and and then kind of how it just gets corrupted and becomes control and power, and and just you see so much so many gross things come from it. Again, as somebody who was not necessarily raised Catholic, but my family was, uh, but knowing that a lot of uh, how that works is just kind of indoctrination, and it's not really uh, something that you feel, something you're you're sold in a way.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the the positive attributes of many of the religions just get washed out by hatred and ego. (laughs) And and I, I think, you know, that that Ego dissolution or that that shadow work that you're able to do in psychedelics is is huge. Um, that aspect of of the religions was focused on through the lens of psychedelics. Uh, and I think that's where you can really get a, a shift of consciousness. Consciousness, excuse me, because like I said, your your empathy gets increased tenfold and that's where like i said i, I went out not only discuss it with myself and my own situation but i was discussed with with humanity i was just done i was done with females i was done with males i like i, I literally walked around with so much anger where i was just fucking just done with with everybody um and then <laughs> and and, and it, it's odd that i end my the, my book with love thy neighbor because now my my entire life is walking around hugging and kissing people walking around barefooted enjoying the world and playing with bugs and it's just it's completely different because you realize that not only are you you one with source with energy with infinite intelligence with god like whatever whatever it is because once you once you dissipate your body and you go into like i said this DMT space or however you want to call it you you know that there's something greater and and then you also realize that that you really are connected with everybody else and and the empathy that you have the sympathy that you have um I went out where I used to judge everybody I used to try to manipulate people for my benefit I would try to to just use people to somehow get either personal or, or gain like just it, it was just a a gross way of living where you know, you start hugging homeless people and and taking walks with strangers and 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 asking, "Hey, do you mind sharing your your most deepest stories?" And you realize how how really connected you are, and then the the benefit of connecting and and sharing with with your fellow person, uh, and and that's ultimately where I think a, a big part of the psychedelic, um, and not psychedelic movement, but just people being more aware of it, is that. Once you start loving yourself and finding your own self-value and worth, then you can see it more clearly in other people. And and then you, you stop realizing that it's red team against blue team. And you realize, oh, shit, we can get through this world together. And, and it's not a matter of limited resources. It's not a matter of anything. It's just a, a matter of change of perspective of treat other people how you want to be treated, which maybe then, you know, ties back into a lot of the, re- the, the religions that, that we said. It, it, it all comes back to the same shit. Like. Don't be a jerk. Treat yourself well and treat other people well. Yeah. And how could you all
0: believe the same things in the root but still end up hating each other? It's just interesting how that <laughs> world plays out. But you do also mention in the book, and I add that uh, you your want for politicians to try because then give them a little bit more perspective to understand where things are.
1: Well, oh, it's just, it'll smack the, the smirk off their face, you know, like the, the and, and I stopped watching news or listening to any of that because it's just that the pettiness and, and the, the small minded selfishness and the catering to, to ignorance and hatred. It's like what, like in, in what everyday reality would that ever fly? Like not in any of my social circles, not in every, not in any business that I've ever worked in. And, and it's yet in politics, it just seems run so rampant. where, you know, and I jokingly say, if, if all these people did a three-day ayahuasca retreat. There's no way they'd be coming out (laughs) fighting and and bickering the way they do. It it would just be impossible Mm -hmm. because, you know, and, and I always kind of live life with, so not that, like I said, not that I'm spiritual to any one religion, but, but I do feel as though I I always try to act as if God was over one shoulder, excuse me, that, that my Pepe is, is over another shoulder. And now I kind of added this, that the DMT entities are, are over my shoulder and I don't want to do, you know, I feel like I need to answer to all three and, and I don't want to ever do anything to piss off either God, Pepe, or all, all these entities, because I know ultimately I'm going to be accountable to all three of them at some point in my life. It, And I think if people are accountable to a higher being that, that they're not going to act like such assholes.
2: Going back a little bit, uh, you were, you were talking about the experiences on, on uh, DMT. Um, and we were talking about the spirit molecule, um, that, so the experience, um, uh, of a near death experience, has been compared to a lot of things uh, in the same in the same uh, aspects of DMT and then also ayahuasca trips, um, but there are a lot of people who say that it's something we're just creating in our minds, and that is like a you know from like a a disbelief sort of thing, and um, I've been trying to figure out ever since I experienced this myself what what that meant to me like trying to prove like did i see something that was next level like the transcendence of my own consciousness um or was this something that my mind just created because if it is if it is created from the DM tree secreting from our brain stems and and the pineal gland like is it something that we're just imagining in our own heads to comfort us or is it something that we're tapping into literally from like another dimensional uh aspect and I kind of like landed on that more so, especially from talking to other people and their experiences on other other things that aren't even including uh, DMT, like with acid and mushrooms. Sometimes, kind of tapping into the same sort of thing, not quite as as much like you were saying earlier. Um, but there there is this, this this sense with me where it feels like it's like a, a conduit. For the transcendence of our own consciousness into the next, like life or being, like if we do perish from this life, like where does our soul go if the soul actually exists? But it feels like the DMT secretion um, is the vessel for the next life, like going out and and finding what what's next, uh, whether that's just like. Um, you know reincarnation, and then coming back and trying to like pick your next journey, uh, and you know challenge level. Like, I'll take a ten, please. I'd like to come back with like nothing and be homeless and try to figure out like how to be happy. Uh, you know stuff like that. Uh, how how do you feel about um what that DMT is actually used for?
0: Yeah, is it real? I mean, so, I guess that's kind of ties into that,
1: right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. No, so so there's a lot to to unpack there there. And um, this is where I, I would reference, you know, some other people that are doing ref- uh, research in the field. So there's this guy called Andrew Gallimore, who's, you know, a trained um, chemist, neurobiologist, like, you know, the, 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 the guy's kind of in the lab doing the actual work. And one of the things he brings up, and, and a lot of people kind of say this, you know, so is it an illusion? Is it what's a hallucinization? And or or is it real? And And ultimately, I think the honest answer is, what we experience every day is an illusion and, and is hallucinations, you know, excuse me, but we're, we're taking in vibrational energy from outside extraneous sources, we're processing them, processing them, excuse me, through our brain, through an, a subjective lens. And then we're kind of creating this story. So what's the difference between waking state illusion or reality, and then dream state, and, and then DMT state? Um, what, you know, whether it's, it's just created in our own minds and it's just this uh, reaction due to some chemicals or kind of I think what what you're asking you know is it being received from some outer thing like like is our brain this receiver and this antenna and, and we're picking up outside energy um you know I I don't know the answer to that and I don't think anybody can definitively say but but I think he comes to the same conclusion that I would come to, which is it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like either one is mind blowing, either one is like holy shit. Because if if I'm picking up this outside information and energy, and I'm talking with spirits, gods, and demons, and, and I'm doing these downloads, um, and and you know all of this crazy shit's happening, and it's outside of me, that's amazing, and that needs exploration as far mm-hmm. as we can go. If this is happening inside my brain, and this is all within my dna and, and through somehow my evolution has has programmed this into my my body then then what is the evolutionary advantage of having that is it based on any prior experiences it like why the why the fuck is this happening to my brain but then how is it so so common to other people and having their experience so right. if, if that's the answer too it's like holy shit that that needs further explanation and and so you know the answer is, is I don't know, and I don't think it matters because both are in- incredible.
0: A lot of it with the the near death experience, somebody had said that like it's something we evolved into, and that's why we have them. But then somebody's like, "Why the fuck would you evolve into something you can't? If you're dead, there's no real, there's no real uh, way to Darwin that back into our bodies. So like, why do these things even occur?" To well, us? there like,
1: there is, there is. Oh, touche. <laughs> this, Go on, my friend. Yeah. that's why you're here. Well, yeah. Well, and, and this is where that. You know, once again, how, how do you not sound so, so crazy? But you start going down these rabbit holes and, and start learning from people that have dedicated 15, 20, 30 years of their life to doing research and, and compiling it. And then there's, there's a lot of young guys and women in their 20s and 30s that are doing this incredible research at, at imperial college. And, and there's, there's a few in Canada and, and um, the U.S. where, you know, they're they're trying to figure out what, what this, this state is. So my, my experience is that when, when I first started going into these DMT states, so say like like the third the first whatever, 30, 40 times I had done it, it was me as this individual, this ego person going into this expanded state of of awesomeness. So it's like all oh, these these awesome sights and sounds and there's this cool shit to experience and I'm I'm getting all this awesome information, which was wonderful. And 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 it, it I mean that that at that point I had already had my life quote unquote saved by DMT. But then those experiences started changing into me being explored. So I, I would smoke DMT, I would go into this DMT space, and, and then I, I felt as though I was getting explored, that I was getting examined. And this kind of ties into the UFO and alien abduction thing where felt very similar to, I would go in and they would be like, oh, he's back, he's back. He, he's, he has this crazy human that keeps coming back into this space. And then, then I felt as though they knew that I was safe, that I was comfortable, that I was going in there with the right intention. So then I felt as though I was getting welcomed back. So then there was several, 20, 30, 40 times of me going into the DMT space where I was going and then I was getting shown spaces. I was getting shown where like these things lived. I was getting shown like the younger versions of them. It was all this this crazy shit that was happening. Hmm. I felt as though like I was an animal at a zoo. So I would, I would blast off into DMT and then instantly I was being examined, which was, that was mind-blowing. But then that recently, well, recently, within a, probably a few months, then kind of changed into this. Well, what's examining is somehow me. It's somehow me and my future self. So, in a in a different dimension, in a different time, in a different somehow some way. So that's where th- this it, you know it, it never felt. It was very invasive how I would be, be explored, really. But it was never painful. It was never belligerent. There was never any ill intent that I felt as though behind it. And you know, I've I've kind of now come to to the realization or what I feel as though it's 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 almost me exploring myself from from a different different dimension or so you know so how does that tie into near death well be, because we we don't ever die when when we do die we we we're, we're still just being recycled that energy mm-hmm. is still going on um i've i've spoken with my future self from whatever the fuck it is like is it a different time is it a different dimension is it different you know and and that's where you got to be careful talking about like physics and mathematics about wh- where you're you know how and what you're interacting with but it felt very comfortable that, Hey, Adam, it's me. It's us. Um, this is the normal part of your evolution and and you, you're doing good. Like, you know, we're, we're just kind of checking in. So it's this whole cycle of, I, I think you get pulse with, with DMT or people experience that pulse of DMT d- during near death or, or even just most traumatic events. You know, people have time stopping and slowing and people have all this, this weird shit that happens. Um, it's because I think it, it's, it's, it's you're getting close to dropping the veil of getting connected to your true sauce, to, to being comforted, comforted with the fact that, that you're moving on and that there's something greater than, Um, you know, and that's one of the things that, that I think is also common that most people lose their fear of death very, very quickly, quickly yeah. when they, they experience EMT. Like I, I have zero fear of death at all. Um Same. Not to say I look forward to it, but man, I like, because I've already seen myself in the future. I already know that this is just, this, this is just a very small blip in my, my, true spin on this, whatever.
2: Yeah. That's not even
1: earth in this universe. Cause earth is way too, too little.
2: <laughs> it's really, it's really cool. Like the, the fact that people are starting to tap into this more, um, without like the natural versions of it. Like when we're, when we're born and when we die, we naturally secrete that. And that's the, normally the only times that people ever experience it, unless we're doing DMT or taking ayahuasca or forcing ourselves into these things or having a near death experience, we don't really get to experience, that transcendence uh but yeah i I agree with everything you just said i feel like it is just like a like the next the, the next thing you know
1: the cool thing so for like eric who who you know if you haven't experienced something like this the, the cool thing is it's being backed by science. So it's not just me, it's not just Joel, it's not just my buddy saying this or, or some, you know, meditative monk sitting on a mountaintop who's been doing it for 15 years being like, oh yeah, through breathing and meditation, you can become enlightened. And and it's really being backed by by science and being tested. You know, th- there's all these these studies where people are being hooked up to, um, you know, monitors that that uh, monitor electromagnetic waves and, and things like that, where you can see your, your brain getting into different, Wavelengths and and getting into lower states and whether it be super high, high vibrations where it's like buzzing and humming where it's like, holy shit, like you're, you're taking in this, this just high stream of information to almost stopping where you're almost like in this dead hibernation state where your mind's not doing anything where it's like, you know, deeper than REM sleep where, but when your mind's doing that. The physiology of your body changes, and and it changes by doing several things. And, and my understanding of how I read the literature is that DMT is is part of that natural that natural pulse. And like I said, that that beautiful webinar that I watched yesterday was just adding to that, where not only through quieting your mind, connecting everything together, breathing meditation, but then also through a a desire and a an intention to have transcendental sex, that you can also produce it naturally through that. And and it's just. You know, so to to your question earlier, what what is DMT? And I don't know. It just seems every every research study, everything coming out, it seems to be just something more and more and more. Um
0: Yeah, and we were talking before about the they're they're putting people on IVs and and they're trying to map the space. And like, I guess for somebody who's not under never done it, doesn't understand like what it means to map a world of in, in DMT.
1: So the. Not So one of the beautiful things we keep talking about it is about the endogenous quality of DMT. But the downside of that is that your body does metabolize it very quickly. So that's where, you know, when you smoke a, a, the crystal form, um, it lasts seven, eight, nine, ten 10 minutes because you, your body breaks it down very naturally. Um, we mentioned earlier about ayahuasca being two ingredients. So if you just drink or eat just straight up plants that have DMT, you you really won't feel anything. You have to add another ingredient, Um a monoamine oxidized inhibitor ba- basically what that does is it, it allows your body to stop the breakdown of it and it allows you to experience the you know the, the dmt sensations for, for longer so you know that that's kind of you, you you do just break it down very naturally easily quickly
0: but i wanted to go back to uh when you said god's demons angels and spirits because i think i'd mentioned that like i was curious what you meant by that and it kind of what you saw and what led you to believe to label these different entities and things that those titles that that we're more familiar with.
1: So, and I think this is what gave me confidence saying, speaking to the other guy saying, you know, I, I, you do interact with alien entities and and alien just being, in my opinion, out of this, this world, not, not from earth and, and not generated from our five normal bodily senses. So when you go into DMT, just naturally you're, 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 going beyond all of those things so so mm-hmm. what you do experience is is by definition alien it, it's certainly not from from this this planet now you know using those terms as far as angels demons entities um I guess it's because they really do convey a, a different um Ambiance I, I guess or, or a different feeling each each one so and and I think that has a lot to do with set and setting as well so every time I go into the any anytime I've ever done DMT I always try to pray and meditate for 15, 20 minutes, a half hour before, you know, with with the intention of asking specific questions, what am I trying to get? Is it love and relationship related? Is it shadow work related? Is it, you know, future related? All of these things. Um, but But you do seem to get that archetypal feeling from things. So, there is the grandfatherly comforting energy that that's there to show you wisdom. There is the the jestery, cartoony, ha, we're gonna joke and show you this. There is the archetypal mother feeling where it's it's very naturing. So that's what, you know, that, that mother ayahuasca and that that you, you hear about. And you know, so when I say I've interaction with with angels, I feel it's because it, it's a feminine energy. It's very light. It's airy. Um, you know, I I've had and then some of it is is more, you know, one kind of experience. And I can honestly say too, I've never had a bad trip. During all my, my – so, so people that are potentially scared and nervous, I've never once had a bad trip. Now I've come out with self-realizations that were hard to to grasp, and I've came out with some information that wasn't all that easy to deal with. But I've never been, like, chased by demons or had any belligerent en- energy come towards me. But I have had kind of things that perceive themselves as aggressive or whatever, and I kind of just brushed them away, being like, yeah, not, that's not what I'm here for right now. Like, I'm, I'm here to see – the angels, not, not the demons, but there, there is a very distinct flavor to, to each DMT session. And, and then I feel as though each, each time you're in it, um, you're, you're experiencing different type of, of energies and, and different, you know, I mean, I mean it'd be like going out into New York city and, and just coming across a bunch of different groups, uh, you know, groups of people, whatever, you know, you, you they just have their own different kind of stereotypical feel to them.
0: If you are there often enough, do you feel like it is the same entities, and you're building a relationship, like with these these people? People, that doesn't sound right. But you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. No. So, I I do feel very comfortable going in there, and and there there have been times where, um, one time I was doing shrooms pretty pretty deep, and then I started smoking DMT because I wanted to kind of combine the two and see what would happen. Which was that that's a hell of an experience. But <laughs> I I as soon as I I blasted into the DMT space and this was kind of the the gestury cartoony type entity certainly um and because i was in a fun psychedelic space already i was in you know everything was good and it was he's back he's back and he brought shrooms like and and they were all excited (laughs) that that i brought shrooms back and and that but not like for them to take but i brought my mind and my consciousness to the space but now it's even more colorful you know it's like like i brought my body back, but now it's got shiny disco lights coming out of its head, you know, so they, they were excited that I came back even more, whatever, more fucked up in the head. So, so there is certainly some kind of familiarity that, that you experience. But then also I would say, and I get asked this quite often too about, do you ever get comfortable doing it? And is it ever easy? And, and is it something where you just kind of can nonchalantly do where, all right, so you are some psychonaut, you've done it hundreds of times. You, it must be super easy, right? You're, you're comfortable going in the space. Absolutely not. Uh, every time is... I don't want to say terrifying, but you're really going to understand what you're getting into. And and I would say more often than not, the, the plan would be, "Hey, I'm going to smoke tonight," or kind of set everything up, and then not. Like just feel as though it's just not right. And and I can say, you know, honestly, I've I've tried to to smoke the last maybe like three weeks, and I have access to it. It's just, I mean, I've got it. You know, a very <laughs> I can get it. It's just a matter of I don't know. Not to say I'm not ready, but it it is. It's like every time you're jumping out of a plane, or or you know maybe like a skiing analogy. If you're you know going down, it's this triple black diamond, and you yeah you've done it before. But man, if you don't give that the respect, you could fucking die pretty quick, or or you could have some really bad shit happening. And it's like you're never gonna get used to blasting down that that triple black diamond, and you're never gonna get used to just blasting off into this DMT space. Which then I guess ties into, you know, why are they trying to do this this extended state DMT stuff with, with the extra venous, um, you know, application? Because you you do, it's almost like by the time you get there and come back, it, 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 you know, unless you have some time warp thing where you think you're there for years and years and, and that, that kind of happens too, um, but typically you, you come back so quick where it's hard to kind of put it all in perspective uh, and that's where they're, they're trying to extend it, where, you know, if you, could, if you can be in that space for 20 minutes to a half hour as opposed to just six seven eight how much more familiar could you be you know and and do you in essence go back to not like a geographic location but oh yeah this is this is this space and i know how to how to navigate um i guess the short answer is is feel very comfortable with the energies and, and vibrations that you interact with but uh i haven't i haven't seen the same like things the same you know like i haven't been to like oh yeah this is this building or this whatever it, it's always just this crazy hyper-dimensional moving
0: yeah i mean i think it was um, <laughs> paul that was talking about the blue lady not the purple lady and then that, that was that was the 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 deity that was a common experience for him but again like, he was also someone that was like unsure that he necessarily believed it because i think he read lots of books and kind of decided that he was uh unsure if this was really happening to him or not
1: back to what we were talking about before is, is it? something that you're experiencing from the outside or is it all in turn you know generated in your your head mm-hmm. I've I'm I'm leaning very very much so on the side of that it is that is from the outside that that consciousness yeah. <laughs> is, is something that is that is not unique to humans by any stretch that that it's plants mushrooms animals uh, even dmt ayahuasca you know that there is a sense of consciousness to this uh, there was a you know philosophical question the other day is the sun conscious and and you know there's an argument for and against it and and it's kind of like what what is this vibrational energy that somehow gives us this unique perspective going through this lens and uh i think we are just one small small part of, of being able to pick up that energy and and what a cool cool thing to recognize at any point in your life uh and then, if you can exploit that for your own benefit, but and, and exploit it in a positive sense. So, exploit it to be alcoholism. Exploit it to not be depressed and anxious. Exploit it to help mankind. Exploit it to increase your empathy. Um, exploit it to not be fearful of death. You know, like uh, I have this conversation with my mom quite often. She's getting older, and her you know brothers and sisters are starting to get to that age. Can you imagine all of these people that are fearful, that are in hospice, or or that are getting at the end of their, you know, in the twilight of their life, that are just so petrified of dying, and and you, you deal with it quite a bit with these elderly people. Can you imagine just if you could give them a six, seven, eight hour, uh, excuse me, six, seven minute DMT session with a vape cartridge, and then that they're comfortable with moving on and passing on to the next part of their, their life like mm-hmm. imagine just that the, the application of easing that anxiety and pain of loved ones and elderly and and at any age and and in anybody that that's terminally ill uh, you know what what's the application of that so th- there's just there's so much to be explored from mental health and depression help to expansion of consciousness and what can you do with science and sex and, and research and art um you know i have even talked about art like like what what can artists on dmt do it's like what can what can engineers on dmt do uh you know talk about solving issues that that you just have to come from a different angle but i think that that comfort of we're one with with the universal source that when we die from this this particular body uh, we certainly move on and there there is a continuation of our consciousness uh it's just a super comforting feeling and if i'm right or wrong or if it's bullshit or hey you know what dmt just warped my brain and fried it so much that this is what i'm thinking that's awesome either way because i'm i'm living in a blissful content life that i'm not worried about the shit that 99% of the people worry about
2: um have you have you read that cia document about the gateway experience and done the hemisync uh, meditations.
1: No, is that like the Moreau Institute and stuff like that that they were?
2: Yeah, yeah, where you can get your your uh, your alpha state. Uh, yeah, the two the two hemispheres of your brain. Yeah, uh... so they
1: do like biurnal wavelengths and so actually, I just reached out to Moreau Institute and the vice president or whatever wrote back to me and and. So he was interested in the book. I sent him the book. He was saying how they don't plan on doing any psychedelic research, but then I kind of wrote back, being like, "Well, you kind of already are. Like it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like what you're doing is producing endogenous DMT, and and there's no question in my mind that whether it be breathing meditation or something as simple as just different frequencies on the sides of your your brain, physiologically your body is producing this chemical. I, I can almost guarantee it. And and that was one of the things where I kind of proposed, like, man, could we could we look into this? But Sorry, not to cut you off. I'm no. slightly familiar, but not
2: that's, not fully. Um, that's kind of where I was going, though. Is like so, it, it's sort of tapping into that world and astral projection and lucid dreaming and all that kind of stuff, where the the states and the dimensions sort of connect together. And the stuff that I was reading in that that document, and then trying, I'm just starting to get uh, acquainted with it, so to speak. Um, it, it really feels like if you could do both. Cause there's like a turn it on and then there's a, a walk down to turn it off. So like, if you turn it on, you're still like, I've been to where it's felt like I didn't really want to move any muscle of my body, but I still could. So could I get up and change it to a different thing or do DMT and before I turn it off before he comes back and walks me back down, you know, 10 to 10 to one or whatever on the countdowns. Uh, And it's, it's binaural, beats that are going on at the same time so if you're wearing these headphones and then you were to do dmt i wonder what kind of experiences you would actually have um,
1: i would love to know and yeah. i'm i'm willing and open to dedicate myself to that well and then so that that's using um you know sound vibrations and different frequencies mm-hmm. my understanding is there's also through light like a, i believe it's called like the lucia light is one of them where And they say that like, if you're driving in a car and the sun's going through the trees and you're, you're driving down the highway, like just that, that flashing almost like, like seizure inducing flashing lights that you can, you can get into this psychedelic, basically DMT state um, through, through a a set frequency of flashing lights. Um, Yeah. So I I think there's, you know, there's, there's several ways to to, to get to that, to get to that state. Um, And, and, Man, I, I I hope we can can study it all. Because how how cool. So, you know, I, I guess for the people that don't want to in- ingest it or smoke it or do anything quote unquote illegal, uh, there are ways certainly to to get that feeling. And and I can say, and, and as my girlfriend just actually walked in, um, I can say that I've I've experienced it through breathing and meditation quite often, as well as we we've been in the middle of intimacy and we both look at each other and we're like what the fuck like how, how you're smelling it and tasting dmt clear is it and there's nothing in the room it's not close at all and it, it it's naturally coming out of you like it, it's coming out of your your pores uh it's it's a cool you know it's a cool thing to study
0: the holotropic breathing you've done that as well and that's something that that's giving that same familiar feeling
1: yeah so I, there was the the video that i that I remember doing, it was called, you know, get, get high on your own supply. And I was like, that's a catchy, catchy, catchy phrase. And it was like a 20 minute video of this guy who was like, oh, let's go through this. And, you know, I figured why not? Like I'm into, I'm into meditation. I've, I've, you know, I've got the time and after I, so if I hadn't done smoke DMT prior, I would have done that, that exercise and been like, wow, this is great. I feel great. I um, I feel elated. You know, I've got a lot of oxygen going through my brain. Clearly that's what it is. You know, this, this is good. This is helpful breathing. The fact that I had smoked DMT, you know, relatively recent prior to doing these breathing exercises, the second that I started getting into that, that flow of breathing, there was that same smell. There was that same taste that, that weird nasal back of your nasal passage feeling. And it was like, I started kind of chuckling to myself being like, like this, this is like you, you really are inducing this, this natural feeling. And, And it was, it was the same taste and smell as, as if you had, you know, taking a hit of the pipe and, and it was that the resin or, you know, was still in your mouth. It, it was crazy. Uh And once again, that that's that so familiar and comfortable is, is mind blowing as the effect is, it is very comfortable. And I think once again, that's why you hear these, these alien abduction encounters and they're not fearful. It's not like they're hurting him. They're not like, it's, it's this very natural sensation where it's like all of a sudden you're just, you're, you're the shroud and veil has been removed and you're seeing how the universe really operates. And it's, it's it's that that's your that's your true essence that's your true being you know your 70 80 years that you're on the planet in this body is is not your true essence and not your true being and and you feel that and sense that and i think dmt is part of that process to get from here to there or or to go back and forth or whatever it is it, it's it's definitely helps what's well, like the, the you know oh when we talk wheels.
0: about uh, psychedelics as medicine it just seems like that if there's anxiety or an easy way i don't know if it's an easy way but to like start exploring and starting to kind of open up but that would be a safer space to start with again to like your point it's 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 easy it's legal and it's just um being in the mindset to be able to do something like that.
1: Oh, I 100% agree with that. And and you know, I had probably one of the best compliments that I had from a buddy that read my book when he got through it and he goes, "You know what? He goes, I I don't ever want to do DMT. He doesn't do any, you know, he doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't do anything. And he goes, I, I have no desire to ever do this. And he goes, I read this book coming away from, you don't have to do DMT to reach the state that you've done. What you need to do is come to grabs that, you know, come be comfortable in your own skin to look mm-hmm. within for your solutions. Don't look without. And and ultimately, yes, that, that is the take home. And now, whether it be through exercise through prayer, through meditation, through Religion, you know, if, if, if that's your thing, if, if if you find contentment through Jesus or through Allah or through cool, like, because that, that's what that's all it is. Once you make that connection, um, you, you're good.
2: That's kind of that's kind of where I was going with it. Like, so if you take like gravity as being like the fuel for like hyper drive or whatever like that, then DMT that we produce and every living thing produces is the is like the source for transcendence or just being uh you know continuing on that that infinite uh recycled matter you know like if if everything is infinite and continuous then that is what drives that force and we just now starting to realize and tap into it uh and understand it more is like a a source of of something not not just something that exists when we are born or when we die that we're kind of tapping into when we really get down to like the knit and grid of why we're here in the search of existentialism, essentially.
1: So, and then tie that in with what they're they're learning with quantum physics and breaking down of how, you know, time in, in space is really, you know, they're saying it's doomed and it's an illusion and that, that Mm -hmm. the smaller and smaller you go, that like gravity breaks down at a, a very, like it's not some far fetched point where gravity starts breaking down. So then it is, so what is, the base of reality. If if it's not Newtonian physics and it's not Einstein's theories and it's now kind of morphing into this weird quantum physics realm of holy shit what what is this vibrational energy? And and you know I keep kind of coming back to that because you stop putting a term on it and and it lessens it's lessens its its power, but it's something it's something way greater than what we're experiencing and, you know, like I think DMT kind of dissolves that the dimensions of space and time. So you, you can go back and forth. You, you can go, you can, you can travel into these these other areas that that are that are certainly there. And then like I said, that, that's where the, this getting into the science of it is is really cool because it, it's it, I don't think I've ever read one new thing coming out or one new theory where it's like, ah oh, shit, that contradicts my experience. It it all seems to be like, oh, that's just one another feather in the cap, so to speak, to be like, oh yes, like that is how how we've been taught we meaning you know the last whatever hundred years uh, uh, how science is it, it's I think we are due for a foundational shift where it's that kind of like for a while people thought the you know the world was flat and then instantly it was like oh shit no it's round and everything foundationally changed it's like well if we're not based on matter and, and it's more consciousness and energy and, and we're just part of that field uh, that's gonna be a huge shift and mm. I think it's happening like <laughs>
2: And they they've like come and said also like like uh, schizophrenia, uh, they've said that schizophrenics actually produce more DMT naturally. And that, that's the reason why they're channeling with other, they're literally going in and out of dimensional stuff and talking to other people or talking to other dimensional beings or whatever. And and then in the uh, indigenous cultures, they're typically the, the shamans and the leaders Absolutely. of those <laughs> environments. So they're just completely misunderstood or just not able to really process all the crazy shit that they're seeing or experiencing. And nobody else can because they're not on the same plane of existence as them. And so it makes sense why we're like, oh, there's a negative connotation to that you probably need to take medicine to cure that rather than like embracing yeah, the, the light in, in <laughs> that darkness, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mentioned him earlier. So that guy, Anthony peak, he's got a book, uh, opening the doors of perception, which is a play on Huxley's doors of perception, but he, he goes into, so he has migraine, uh, headaches and, and with migraine headaches, there's like this aura state that's associated with it. So you kind of get like, you know, tingling and shit like that and you start seeing things but then that's the then you know he was studying people that have epileptic seizures and temporal lobe epilepsy and then you know so like you're saying schizophrenics and and this whole spectrum um you know and he says on the huxley spectrum based on you know giving huxley the credit for that that um theory that these people are able to tap into different things and, and they're not stupid or lesser than or, or quote unquote retarded or, or any of these these derogatory terms. It's like, no, these are blessed individuals that have access to increased senses. Uh, and once you realize that, yeah, like you said, they they were the shaman of the day. They they were, you know, th- these, these people that were seeing spirits and entities, but they weren't nuts. They were just whether, and, and you know, I don't know it, it's tough to say just a blanket statement or that their mind must have been saturated with DMT or it's clearly DMT. Whatever it is, it was naturally induced, and and your your body, that the human brain and body has the capability to go beyond, uh, in multiple different ways, and and sometimes it's just a, a different connection in, in your brain, whether it be through schizophrenia or, or even like dementia. You know, old, older people, the twilight of their lives. Once again, they start seeing little kids running around the kitchen, and they start talking to to past things. Well, it's like, well, because their 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 senses. Whether their five senses, they're starting to get more sensitive and, and being able to tune in more, or they're actually starting to get some of those those new and unique senses that I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, you you are starting to to see stuff. Um, you know, and then like you said, you tie in the, the, the guest that that you had the other day. Where we spent 14 years studying ghost stories, and it's, it's you know I think there's there's evidence out there that there is this again energy, vibrate, whatever the fuck it is. It it's there, and and it's beyond this realm. And there's a lot to it. Uh,
0: I think we talked a lot about like blasting off and entities and stuff, but you actually um, talk about microdosing DMT, and I wanted to kind of get into like what that's like for you uh, in the DMT stuff.
1: Uh so you you certainly can microdose DMT. It, it's comes with maybe a little bit more effort uh, because it is so powerful, but I, I guess two avenues. One would be ayahuasca. So in in my book, I I make a, you know, I have recipes for DMT brew. So a a brew to drink. I think that's pretty straightforward. It would be like drinking alcohol. You know, so if you drink one beer, catch a buzz. If you drink 12, you're going to be pretty messed up. If you have ayahuasca, uh, and and I microdose ayahuasca quite a bit, where you'll you'll put you know a shot or two in your coffee or, or put some in your smoothie, or you know with with the intent of not taking a full cup and going on this eight hour journey to 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 see God, it's really just, all right, I just need to kind of mellow out. So the liquid part is is pretty straightforward. The crystals, as far as smoking it, uh, that's a little bit tougher to kind of to microdose because even a small amount of of pure vapor will will get you pretty. you know, pretty altered. But I think there's a couple ways around that. Uh, A lot of people, and and probably one of my preferred methods, is to take the crystal and then turn it into a vape cartridge. So just like you would a a CBD car or a nicotine car, you can make, you you basically can even recycle those ones where you you stuff the crystals in and and you melt Mm -hmm. it and then now you have a custom DMT car. You can cut that with vape oil so like regular, either non THC or, or, or non nicotine, but just regular smoking vape oil. So you can take something that's 100 proof and cut it down to 50 to whatever. And I've had a couple of buddies that have made those where, you know, you, you can take a full hit and, and you kind of get a little bit of a sensation, but it's more just like a, a mellow whatever because it's just, it's, it's not pure, pure DMT. Um. I don't like to do that because you know, you're, you're once again taking. That's like getting awesome strength moonshine and then cutting it with water. It's kind of like why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> just take just take a smaller amount of moonshine, um, with you know straight crystals or just a, a cart with hundred percent. I, I think it's just a matter of taking smaller hits and 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 what's the intention? So um, like using it intimately in the bedroom. So I, I we use it all the time. We'll take a small hit, a half a hit, and then pass it back, and then she'll take a small hit and pass it back. Um, where the intent isn't to take a huge hit, hold it, take another huge hit, hold it, take another huge hit, hold it, and you're blasting off into this realm. It's more like I want to. I'm, I'm exactly where I want to be. I, I'm in the room where I want to be, and I'm in the bed where I want to be, and I'm with the woman I want to be, in. I've got a drink right here. I've got the music going. This is amazing. Like you're you're so in this awesome space, and it's not this. Hey, I have this therapeutic blast off i need to do or fuck i, um, I, I have this big question that i need to, to work out so if the intent is hey it's a relaxing saturday night i'm exactly where i want to be i'm going to take a couple puffs um it can it can turn into a transformational night you know without it being completely mind-blowing come out journaling writing everything down being like oh my god I've i've got to start a podcast you know it doesn't doesn't always have to be like that <laughs> You know, the the vape pen is a nice way to, to do it because otherwise, you know, it, it it you can make it as a crystal. And if you put it like over, you know, a little bit of tobacco or a little bit of weed, it instantly melts and turns to, to basically like wax and wax and oil. So it's tough to to kind of use just the, the regular crystal. So the vape pen is nice because, you know, you can even turn the battery higher or lower on these vape pens. So, you know, full amperage is going to give you a, a full blast. So if you just even turn down the battery power, you can kind of milk it a little bit easier. So... You can't do it. You know, in my travels, there are a couple of cities where I would get out of my car and, and walk around town and take a whack of two and then go find ice cream.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I was asking. Like, it's like, uh, you know, it's especially in a world where now, you know, weed's pretty much legal everywhere. Let's like, do, do DMT and just do your daily thing, like go to the mall. I don't know. It's, it's interesting uh, to play out that way because I don't think most people see it the same way as a medicine because they they see it as like the entities and blasting off. So that's why I thought it was important to talk about that you you can do it in smaller doses and still get the benefits. And again, to your point that you said earlier that it's it's something within you and it's natural. So it's not like the dirty feeling of eating mushrooms or something. It's it's a little bit more clean, you would say
1: Yeah, very there's no hangover, there's no residual like like I guess so I mean there would be mornings where I would do it in the morning and then you know, a half hour, I'd, I'd be going to the gym and, and completely like it, it gets flushed out really quick. And that's the beauty of being able to integrate the knowledge that you get from it. You know, so like if, if you were to spend a whole day doing LSD or shrooms and, and it's going to take a whole day and then kind of like the next day to recover and kind of be like, oh, shit. Where with this, you can blast off, come back, have all this intense information, figure out what it means, kind of, you know, try to integrate it as best you can. And then go right back in and be like, all right, well, now I'm going to ask this part of it. All right, well, that that makes sense. Now I'm going to go back again. And and there's been, you know, a lot of times when I do it, when I'll, I'll do it several times in the same night or session because you're able to, like, you're almost, like, you're there. So using that analogy of, of snowboarding or skiing, like, you already get up, you're already at the top of the mountain, you've already got the ski pass, you, you've already dedicated your brain to taking in all this crazy shit. So fuck it. I'm just going to do it three, four, five times yeah. and try to get try to get what you can out of it.
2: I'm going to definitely but, make it based on the stuff that I'm learning from you and then treat it as like Super Mario. I'm going to play the game all night and all eight levels. You know,
1: <laughs> it's and that's, but it, even you just saying it with that genuine smile and with that genuine intent, it's probably going to be an awesome experience. And, yeah. and that's really where the set and setting and in the environment and, and what you're doing it for. So, could you use it for a rave to go to a party and to go to a concert and, and to have it be? recreational yeah it's an amazingly powerful molecule and and i think it 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 can be used like that as long as you're not disrespecting it and and talking shit and and handing it out to everybody you know but if if the intent is to really to explore life like um no i had a guy the other day who who one of his close buddies him and his wife convinced they saw an alien like literally you know, saw that the, the ship, like, came blasted off, like, they've been talking about it, they can't explain it, and this guy was, you know, he was like, I just wish I had an experience like that, he was like, I just wish I could believe, like, almost kind of saying, like, why the fuck am I left out of this party, and I was like, and I, you never want to push DMT on anybody, and I never would, but I was like, well, you know, spend a weekend with me, and, and I guarantee you, you will be believing in aliens, gods, demons, like, th- there's no question in my mind that one, a, a breakthrough session of DMT, and, and you'll be you you can't unsee what you've seen and and then once you've seen it it it, it flavors every other aspect of your life it, it, but and in my mm-hmm. case it flavored ev- everything in a good way all of my relationships are more fulfilled and meaningful all of my communications are, are more genuine uh, my connection with with myself is so much greater sounds corny but for somebody that was in a literally a, a drunken like depressive suicidal hump and mess of, of shit like i wake up every day so grateful every every night i go to bed and i say my greatest gratitude i'm so content every second of the day and it's it's i don't want to say it's because dmt No, you know I, I you have to put in the work afterwards and it's certainly not some some panacea where or you know you, you take this cure-all pill and everything's good if anything it, it shines the light on your bullshit even brighter so mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make everything go away. If any if anything, it's like, Oh wow. <laughs> I've got a lot of shit I gotta deal with, but you know clearly what that shit is. Not spinning your wheels dealing with shit you don't need to deal with. You are spending time on the, the real stuff that needs to be addressed.
2: That's yeah, amazing.
0: And I like how you you know, we talked about uh it should be something it's at at the nursing home and it and it can it make yeah. you I don't know, it can make you appreciate things, but it's just almost sad, though, that that's the only experience you get, because if you had it the earlier you have it in life, I'm not not condoning it for children's right, use, right, you're not right. making children's DMT, uh, but yeah, but the earlier, or maybe it's just when you need it, like, that can be so life-changing, but... Um, well, but think
1: what they pump up with these people, like, I mean, they're pumping morphine right. into these people, you know, people that are doing chemotherapy, people, it's like, they're putting some hardcore, like, real, legit chemicals and, and pumping massive doses to, to negate the symptoms, yeah. but, but not address the cause where a natural, and, and you know, you, you, mentioned you may potentially, um, make it so that there's several online companies that, that you can ship that will ship you the product because, um, they use it for clothes dye. So most of the stuff that you would get, it's mimosa hostilis and it's, it's a root. So it's this really pretty purple brown color. So you can buy it as, um, you know, as a root and make it very easily. So it's like, I, I just don't understand how that's somehow frowned upon or shunned to offer somebody a natural plant-based medicine that can literally be extracted from bark, but yet they're going to pump in, you right. know, like just these things that make these people zombies. And I've seen it. Like I, I can't stand going into hospitals and hospices and stuff because it's just like, what the fuck? Now, as opposed to seeing some guy laughing his ass off because he's talking to some jester entity because he's, he's tripping on DMT being like, yeah, hey, whatever, Charlie, I'll see you soon, whether it's all in his head or not what a better way to go out than nervous and anxious and, and scared like yeah, you, you will not be scared sure. about death well, 100% being,
0: it's Halloween season so everything just makes me think of my probably my favorite movie is They Live with the great late Rowdy Roddy Piper oh, Love that oh, movie. where it's just like but that's probably why they don't want people to be awake they don't want it's the obey and consume and the control and all that goes away I think if everybody uh, uh, has the same attitude as you do right
1: so I, I watched that movie prior to doing DMT. So I, I watched that during one of my um, tattoo sessions back in the day. That movie is perfect. Like it, it's such a, it's, it's kind of like those sunglasses that they use in that movie are like DMT glasses. and it really is just that obvious where it's like, oh shit. but but with that comes the power to change, right. So I, I guess that's kind of the thing is, is get enough of those pairs of glasses on people. Getting up and whether that be through psychedelics or through prayer, meditation, whether just through self love, uh love of I mean, there's a bunch of ways of getting those proverbial glasses on. But man, there's a lot of people that are just brainwashed by by the shit of society. Yeah, and and it's horrible. I mean, I I personally almost got crushed down by it. Once so, and and that was kind of one of the reasons why I felt compelled to write the book because it's like if I could get crushed when I had. Every sense of, of like I said, every advantage, but not only that, I, I mean I was cocky, arrogant, conceited. Like I, I, I was I was walking through as a pretty brash forty year old guy. I mean it, like there, there was I was the, the the guy that had the confidence and, and if I could get smacked around this hard by, by the world and be broken by the world, man, what what about the lesser people? What about the people that don't have the parents, that have been that are working three, four, five jobs, that didn't have the grandfather that gave them a bunch of money, that didn't have the love of, 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 of a woman or a man, that didn't like I can't even imagine the emotional weight that these people go through. And that was really, that gave me the confidence to share the rawness of my stories because it's like, you know what, if I, if I can go in and, and say, this is what happened to me and there's a better way out, then, you know, hopefully these people will have the confidence too.
0: Yeah. And I think we, we, I think we made some jokes about it even when we we're talking to the, the haunted nights guys, but it's like, I don't know, especially when you look at people that don't have a lot and if, that's your whole life and you're poor or you're, you're, you're disabled or all these things. It's like, maybe you need some hope that there's something beyond this. Cause like, it's just kind of sad that that's as far as you get, like, you know, and you're concentrated on, uh, on the physical things and, and, and what you have and what you don't have. And like, you know, again, like you having everything and, and then, uh, but what if you never had anything at all? Like, at least that's something that like would change your life. Cause it would put you in a state where like, you know, that this shit doesn't matter anymore. So it's yeah. almost like that's probably the the best people to have it. I don't know.
2: Well, and then also having everything, but then coming to a, a greater understanding and respect of like everything surrounding you. Yeah. Also, you know, that's, that's, and the, that's that Everything is not material.
1: It is not. So, you know, yeah. from having all of that shit to not, I mean, I, I have a two door coupe, a bicycle. I don't even have a suitcase. I mean, I've got two backpacks. So it went from having, you know, a three story Victorian, all this shit, all this stuff to having nothing. And so much happier so much more content mm-hmm. because it's it's not now like i said i'm i'm shrouded with love and relationships and and that type of energy and, and that's that's way more meaningful but it Lider. takes it takes takes losing all that shit but maybe you know too and i want to mention this too because i don't want to make light of oh this this is going to help everybody and you do have to make sure because it, it can and i say this analogy in the book too about how you know, it's like rocket fuel and can just as easily blow up the the rocket ship as it can bring it to the moon. So, you know, in my case, all my foundational beliefs were shattered. I had nothing to build anything on. It was like, oh, what the fuck? I literally have nothing to lose. So if I fry my brain, cool. If I die during this, cool. I was going to go do it anyway. Like I really, I didn't care. But one of my buddies, he's interested in doing it because like, oh, I'd like to expand my consciousness. And I, you know, this sounds like you get to talk to to aliens and, and tap into the future self. Like that sounds great. But he's like, well, what if, and, and not like that, not that he's even worried about it, but it's like, well, what happens if I realize I don't want to be married? What happens if I realize I never wanted kids? What happens if I realize this fucking job is sucking my soul and I need to quit tomorrow? What happens if I realize I want to have sex with these five women and I'm going to do that? And it's like, so it, it can, it, it will blast whatever fake shit you have built up around you, but you've be, be prepared for it because, like I said, you can, you can lie to pretty much anybody. And this, whether it be your, your wife, your therapist, your kids, even, but you, you I, I find it very hard to find anybody that can lie to themselves on psychedelics because it's just, it's, it's, it's impossible. Like, yeah. because like my understanding is it's your future self being like, what are you stupid? Like, I'm the one that made this maze. I'm the one that created this game. I'm the one that set all these booby traps. You're going to, you're going to try to find out where the booby traps are, or are you are going to try to like outsmart the creator of the game? It's, yeah. it's me. Like, and, and once I guess ultimately that was one of my revelations was I kept trying to outsmart the system or outsmart God or outsmart the universe and then I realized it's just, it's me like I am I know all mm-hmm. of my weaknesses I know my strengths, I know all that but I, but I know how to manipulate myself and, and then it was like ha ha, the gig's up and once you realize the gig's up, now you just float through life enjoying every second, like literally stopping to smell the roses and pet the puppies and kiss the babies and smell the coffee and enjoy the warm sheets and you know, all of that little shit that most people take for granted now are the true essence of life and beauty and now I'm making you know, I went from making five grand a week to, to five hundred a week. I went from having multiple homes to living in my parents' basement. I went from having everything a man could ask for to having nothing. But I was miserable as fuck. Where now, like I said, for the last year or so I have I literally have not had a I can't even say I haven't had a bad day. I haven't had a bad minute. I haven't had a bad what and that doesn't mean that I don't get information that upsets me or I don't need to work through some issues or that I don't have shit happen. Just the opposite. I, I I put that shit in the right compartment. I understand that it's part of my learning process and and I I put it in the the respective place that it needs to be about what do I need to learn in this mindful present moment. And wow, what an awesome, like I said, to have that ability to know that there's not one thing that will get thrown my way that I'm, that I can't handle.
2: Yeah. We get, we get lighter when we learn to let go of everything. I like to use the analogy that uh, when I cut onions, I get emotional but, like, literally, we're, we're like fucking onions that just have a bunch of layers that need to be peeled off. And, like, the... Uh, I really like what you said about, like, it's me. Like, I am God. Like, well, you kind of learn that we all have God inside of us. And, like, we are maybe teaching our younger selves, our younger versions, or the, the versions of us that we put back into the matrix that we're experiencing in this sort of, like, environment here on Earth. And we just tap into what could be. Uh, and maybe like gravity is a, is a physical uh, force that is like a law of this universe. And I think that DMT is another one that is like a sort of like a treasured thing. Like if you know, then you know, and it's like the gel between the two. Uh, and
1: that, that and I, I want to touch on that as, as I talked to two men, roughly my age. Um, so that, that, revelation or that, that recognition that you're one with sauce, that you appreciate your beauty, that you, you know, so that's something that has been not necessarily surprising, but probably the, the biggest reward after writing this book and interacting with people is that, that I've had probably a dozen grown men in their 40s and 50s come up to me and, and hug me and cry me cry to me and be like, holy fuck, like I, I've I've seen what you've seen. And it's not that I'm trying to impart any philosophy on them. I'm not trying to say, hey, this is the way to do it. The, the common story between all of these these grown men that that have been battling their own demons for for the years is I realize my own beauty I realize my worth. I realize that that I am a handsome valuable person that that my voice is worth hearing that that like that I'm beautiful that I'm one with God that I have in it with I don't know if, if if it's more of a an issue with men, trying to be masculine and trying to be tough and and not embracing that that feminine emotional side of you but it's it's so when i when when i let these people know hey it's okay to cry it's okay to to talk about these things it's okay to to let somebody in it's okay to hug another man there's no sexual shit going on We, we can hug and embrace and we can share this energy um and and that recognition of wow i am beautiful i am worthy uh I, I don't have to do anything else or be anything else or I can just be myself, including myself now, not future self or past self. I can be myself now. That that's that beautiful kind of collapsing moment that these that I've had and, and a lot of my close friends have had and in, in sharing this book out with people around the world. Literally that, that's the stories I'm getting back to is I finally I finally realized how beautiful I was. I realized that I am one with God and I am worthy of love. I'm worthy of respect. I'm worthy of taking care of myself. So that being said, you're not going to pickle yourself with alcohol. You're not going to blow all your money on gambling. You're not going to be hateful towards other people. You're not going to do all this other shit once you realize that your value is, is you know, is there and that you're worthy of of God's love. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and whatever God is, you know, and, and this coming from an atheist slash scientist slash psychonauts, like put your, your term on it. Um, call it what you want, but yeah, you're, you're, you're one with everything. I like that yeah, in, in the book too, bad.
0: you have like, you you have a, a, an open door policy in a way to like, for people to reach out to you if they want to talk. So it's kind of cool that you, you've included that to, so if people want to find you and reach out and uh, share their stories or whatever, you're it seems like you're open to that.
1: It, absolutely. Be- because I know it takes one person at the right time to say the right thing where it can change you. And, and it, it happened to me. Uh, you know, I, I had and some of them are strangers and some of them are, are close loved ones, but sometimes you just need to hear the, the right, the right words. And, um, if, if talking to me, whether it be on the phone, whether it be through an email would help somebody see the, the light in their darkness, or, or if they ever have a question of fuck, am I worthy of being here on this planet? And should I live? Absolutely. Call me, please do. And, and I'll convince you hundred percent that, that your energy is worth being on this planet. Um, and that your your unique light needs to be, needs to be shined. Uh, I use this analogy, and, and I think it's relevant as we you know, probably start wrapping up the, the interview about how what DMT can really do. And my girlfriend and I use the analogy of plaque. So I think just as as humans get older and older, just dealing with society and going through the world, you just get all of this proverbial crap and bullshit caked up on you, whether, whether it be deceit, with dishonesty, just all of the stress, the, the social meat, all of that crap where – not only are you not allowed to express yourself naturally and, and express your own inner light, but you're not able to receive the light of the universe or God or whatever. So you're you're just you're crippled with this built up of plaque. What DMT did for me was completely blast away all that plaque. So not only now could I express my own beauty and my own light and my artistic ability and my creative side and my loving side and my feminine side and my, all of that shit, um, now I can receive the light of the universe because I don't have any of that plaque. Now I'm by no means a perfect man. And I've got a lot of growth. I still need to do, but I'm not self-sabotaging by the plaque that I added to myself. And then I, I didn't give society and other people the power to add plaque to myself. And once you realize that it's almost like you've got Teflon on you where the shit that weighs most people down, I just brush off and say, cool, what can I learn from it? Um, but I, I think like I said, there's several ways of blasting that plaque away, but but I, I see it now. I, I see a lot of people just covered and shrouded in plaque and, and they, man, how much, how what a better life they could have. What a better husband, what a better wife, what a better boss, what a better employee, what a better dad, what a better mom that you would be if you just got to express yourself truly and naturally, but then receive the grace of God and the universe and all of that. And
2: mm, yeah, that's how beautiful <laughs> for you to see that as the world turns plastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, well... I'm glad I saw that at this age, but you know what? I, I'd like to think the younger generations, I think I, I you know, I've got a 20 year old niece and a 13 year old niece. And, and I I'd like to think that they're seeing through the bullshit and the facade of this crap. And, and they're starting, like, you you talk about racism with them or you talk about, um, you know, hatred and, and it's not even part of their their vocabulary. Like they're, they're not racist. They're not homophobic. They're not, they're not judging people on their skin or like, i like, they're just, they seem to have a better connection with, with the whole. And, and I'm hoping that that's the trend um and then you know i i was one of those those people that were adding darkness and ugliness and nastiness to the world so you know it's it's it's, it's easy for me to sit here and be like oh yeah shine the light and, and I'm, I'm you know trying to like, give hugs and kisses to everybody i was that asshole that would walk into a room and make it dark i was that person that would make people feel uncomfortable i was the person using my my intelligence and my power for 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 ill um you know so it's i'm not saying that that i'm above it all uh, i'm just saying like it, it that caused self destruction and it literally caused me with everything to almost kill myself at 40 and i think as a society it will kill it will kill us off too it, it's cuz it's a self destructive path as opposed to an enlightening path and and i think mm-hmm. there's a next evolution of humans that are slightly more conscious and aware of their their power and their beauty like like you two beautiful souls <laughs> as <laughs> i say that to two funny looking middle aged men but it's true you know it's like what the fuck and you should be able to say that and say it comfortably because it's true
0: yeah, if any of that stuff lives, it's because it's just being taught. And I think that you know, the more that older generations are enlightened and learn more, then the, the easier it is to get rid of. But yeah, I feel that way with with my kids. They don't. They don't. They weren't raised with the same bigotry, and you know whether it was uh, from family or from media, like that just doesn't exist the same way it does. And I think mm-hmm. that's when people are are slamming things that are woke, which is not something I normally talk about, but it kind of ties into that. Like that people, ah, we can't do that. and Care about people's feelings, but I think the more that that happens in the media and the more that's the more kids are being raised seeing that the more they're comfortable with everything. So it's not yeah. like I'm necessarily endorsing that, but I, cause I don't like to get into that, but I find that to be kind of interesting, like how maybe that's part of why it's changing. Cause they don't, they're seeing more of everything and it's more inclusive and it's not, it's not what it used to be like when we grew up. It's
2: okay to cry. Like you said.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is. <laughs> I, it's and good crying cry. doesn't mean negative or bad. I mean, I, I, I share tears of gratitude all the time and, and I mean, songs will trigger it. Uh, every morning I say, thank you to the sun. I mean, it's a kind of, that's my mm-hmm. morning routine. As soon as I go in and, and I say, I have an odd statement. I say, ra, which is I know Spanish and Egyptian and mixing a bunch of shit, but like, just, just to, to appreciate like, Oh man, this is, this is, it. I have love for the solar energy that's keeping me warm. Like, eh, I don't know. and then that, that just goes into everything. You know, to the, to the squirrel that you see, to the bug you see, to the, and even to the to the asshole sitting in front of you at the market. Like before, where not that I'm some you know big tough guy, but I would I'd be waiting for somebody to piss me off so I could challenge them or do something, you know, or like whatever. Do where where now it's just like you know what? Let me let me pray for this guy and let me give him a an energy of love and, and just it, I don't know. It's it's corny because I don't necessarily put off that energy. Well, I do put off that energy. I don't look like I put off that energy, but it, it's nice to to walk through the world as somebody that dissipates the shit as opposed to adds to it.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna probably send you an email after this because I have some further things to discuss, and maybe we'll have you back
0: on. Hopefully, I mean that would be awesome. Oh, there's, he's got more books, right? You got books yeah. lined up?
1: Yeah, the next one's about integrating all this information. You know, so and and. It's kind of. Pod, I'd like to do a couple more of the, the field guide series where they're just they're easy, they're approachable, they're quick. Um, it's not heavily dense with scientific stuff, and, and ultimately, it'll prompt you to read other books. You know, like and with with DMT, like my book certainly is not the end all be all. Uh, it's it's just scratches the surface, but hopefully, it it gets you to pose the right questions to then ask to to the right authorities. Um, but I, like I said, the their feedback that I'm getting from other people um, is my story isn't novel. It's it's not unique. It's very, very common. And I, I think maybe just what I have the ability to do is just share and share yeah. uh, my rawness and, and not be ashamed of it. Because I've got nothing to lose. At this point, I've lost everything. I've got no more money, no more houses, no more like, so what the, what the fuck? It's, it's all now it's just a matter of rebuilding. So <laughs> part of that is sharing and hopefully helping other people. Well, like I said, I, I could did. tell
0: you your 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 entrepreneurial spirit that you had that made you successful before is going to make you successful in this. Like I enjoyed the book. Like I said, it's the right size for me because I'm not a big reader, <laughs> which is why you have a podcast because <laughs> you just ask other people that read books and then you don't yeah, have to yeah. worry about it. Like you say smart things and I learn and it works that way. <laughs> but no, I, I really enjoyed it. And like I, I think that is it is it available everywhere? I know everybody's just going to buy it on Amazon because uh, that's how we work, right?
1: Yeah, so it's it's available on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble. It's I know it's selling in multiple countries, like it's in Spain, Germany, Australia, Canada. So I mean, it's available you know wherever wherever books are sold. Uh, I'm just re- actually recording an audio book this week, so I've got this like homemade tent in my bedroom right now that I'm I'm doing an audio book version. So that'll be out probably in a week or so. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, if you Google search it in Amazon, like you know it, it comes up. And we'll
0: have the links everywhere below if here's a video Thank or, so. like, go look for it if it's just audio. Uh, but, yeah, how's, how's the reaction? Like, is it feeling pretty good after you put it out? You feeling like this? I uh,
1: love it. It's never in a million years that I think that I would be doing this and this would be my, my career. So, you know, the book, book was published in March. Uh, prior to that, I had no social media imprint. I had I wanted to be the most reclusive. Like, I wanted no eyes on me. So it, it's kind of a this weird shift where now I'm going out and trying to promote myself and my story and then obviously the more people that see me and hear my message hopefully will buy my book which you know so it's this weird kind of dichotomy of not trying to you know the, the story it, it's not about me personally Adam Butler it's it's about the the message and about the power of this molecule um but I know in order to to help share that message I need to kind of put myself out there so it's uh it's been a it's been a hell of a journey but the feedback has been amazing i've I've had. Um, some great interactions with some really supportive people. I've been able to share some incredible stories. I've had some emails that have literally brought me to tears being like, your words are exactly what I needed to hear today. And, and it was like the warm embrace that I've been looking for, you know, like it's just these really in- incredible statements from people. So um, it's working. It's, it's really... fun. I mean, I'm, still, I'm I'm dead broke. I've got to figure out a way to make money, but honestly, I don't care. Like, so now, cause who gives a shit? Like I've made money a bunch of times over that'll come. Um, now it's really just about enjoying the, enjoying the ride.
2: Uh, it was really cool. My fiance actually just moved in and read the book before I could even finish it because uh, I work and she just moved in. So she, she didn't have anything to do and just read the book and was like telling me all about it because she was so excited. So it's like one of those things awesome. where I'm, I'm really, I think it's really cool what you're doing. And yeah, you, you are a voice in in this world and we need more voices. Uh, like it may be a common experience to have some of these things that happen when we're on DMT or when we have near-death experiences, but just being able to like speak that into the world and and let let people receive that information is a special thing. So thank you.
1: Well, I appreciate what you two are doing as well. um You know, I like to think in two, three, four, five years from now, our, our scope and reach will be much much increased, and we'll keep doing what we're doing. But uh, I, you know, I'm available to either one of you. I'm available to any one of your your listeners. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm approachable, and and I. I generally want to help spread the message. So, I'm here. I'll be happy to come back, too.
0: Cool, man. Well, th- <laughs> awesome. well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, and, yeah, go pick up this book, Butler's DMT Field Guide. Uh, I'm a great salesman. Uh, but, yeah, all the links will be below. But uh, it's a good read. And we appreciate you sharing. And, again, like – even beyond just the science like well i love to hear your opinions on things i love uh, just figuring out like where we're at philosophically and uh yeah and just like how, how your life has changed it's awesome here dude thanks well, i appreciate the time all right
1: thank you sir yeah thank you all right so uh i'll talk to you guys at a future time and, and reach out for sure uh i'd like to think we can keep keep spreading this
0: yeah. sure thank you man Namaste.
1: all right